Hello there, and um, now as the WWE is on its way to SummerSlam next month, I thought I'd use this opportunity to go back and do some retro reviews, as it were. So um, I'm going to do a SummerSlam review series, uh, going back and reviewing some SummerSlams from the past. Um, kicking off now with the 1992 SummerSlam, which is famous as being the only major sort of big four pay-per-view to ever be broadcast from Britain. It came from uh, Wembley Stadium in London, so it's very famous for that. Then I, I, I vaguely mind I'd seen this absolute years back as a kid, as on a video or whatever. So. I'd mind bits of it, but not much. But I managed to watch some of the matches this week. Uh, highlights. Some of them were the full matches, some of them were the highlights, but enough to do a review. So let's get this going up in this bitch. <clears throat> First match was Legion of Doom versus Money Incorporated. Uh, solid opening match. This, um, what this is memorable for is the Legion of Doom entrance as well. They come out on the motorbikes, which is cool. Uh, you can just see the crowd is raucous right from the get-go. And, and you see how over LOD are. They are just massively popular as well. I do even remember having the figures back in the day. So <laughs> the, the one of the greatest tag teams ever, the Road Warriors. And, uh, it's a pretty solid match. One thing to note is that their manager, Paul Ellering, has some dummy with him. And he's sitting talking to it at ringside. I've no fucking clue what was going on with that. That was weird. Yes. But there you go. Uh, pro wrestling, what can you say? It can be goofy as, as anything. Remember as well, this was like back in the day when you were a good few years out from the Attitude Era and the more edgy and the, and the wrestling boom period, the next wrestling boom period. So you sort of think, okay, when you look back, you think, oh, okay, hopefully we've moved on from this, but you see some of the goofy shit that's going on in wrestling nowadays. <laughs> Maybe not. You talk about an evolution, there's been a devolution of going backwards, but there you go. Anyway, this is a solid little tag match. Back in the, the day, like in the 90s, WWF did have quite a lot of depth in the tag division, which is kind of shown that this isn't even a title match. This is just a, ta a tag match between two teams. No title on the line or anything, so there you go. It's pretty solid. Um, LD get the win. Um, nice opener, good solid opener. Good, good spot to put it in, actually, the opener, because the crowd were going to be up for it anyway, but putting a massively popular team like Legion of Doom at the start and giving them the win really hypes the crowd up, so, yeah, nice start. Up next, we've got uh, Virgil versus Nails. Nails was like this con... I, I don't know much about this character. I've seen bits of it, but Nails was like this convict character. I think he was feuding with a big boss man. Apparently, it led to a nightstick on a pole match months after this, apparently. But, uh, yeah, this match is shit. Honestly, Nails, it looks like he's a good character, but, oh, God, just get, get him out of the ring. It's, oh, God. This, this was... Thankfully, it was short. It's only a couple of minutes, and... If he wins, fine, by choking out Virgil, and then beats and then he beats him up with a nightstick after this. Um, yeah, at least it's short. That's the nicest thing I could say about this. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we'll come up next. This is interesting. Up next, we've got a rare heel versus heel match: Shawn Michaels versus uh, the model Rick Martel. This was not quite very very early on in Shawn Michaels' uh, heel um, solo career at this point in time. Uh, and the model, of course, well, well, well he's a, he was a legendary character back then. <laughs> I'd seen some of the, the, I did see a couple of the vignettes and things for this, and this was great. Was, the whole storyline was about they were trying to, 
uh, go after the, the effects of sensational Sherry, who was Shawn Michaels' manager at the time. Ah, <laughs> uh, dear. <laughs> this is some good stuff. This is entertaining. This is goofiness done right. It's quite goofy, but it's done... It's fun. It's fun, because the match itself's fine. It's actually, in many ways, too ideal people at this time to do this storyline with so it actually does work from what I could tell even though I didn't know the TV or whatever that was going on at the time I could tell what was going on from that which is kind of the mark of a good storyline as well you don't need to know the things you can fill in the blanks just by watching what at the pay-per-view uh, the match itself's fine nothing major but it, <laughs> the finish it's a sensational sherry pretends to faint to get attention from the guys, and then they, they end up going out to tend to attend her, and end up getting a double count out, <laughs> and they and uh, there's all sorts of shenanigans when they're trying to carry her backstage. It's it's cheesy and it's stupid, but it's stupid done right because it's genuinely quite funny. It's not slap the head. Oh God, this is awful garbage. Like most of the comedy you get nowadays, it actually does kind of work, and so. Ah, there you go. And it was actually a good finish. A, a draw in this case was actually a good finish and it actually made sense and was quite entertaining. Uh, up next, uh, the Natural Disasters defend the tag titles against the Beverly Brothers. Now, I didn't see the full lot of this match. I couldn't find this anywhere, but I seen little. I have seen little highlights of it on YouTube. Um, it's fine. From, from what I could see, it was fine. You know, the Beverly's attacked the Disasters before the bell rings and things to get a bit of offense in, but Natural Disasters win and retain. Not a bad match. Interesting to know that they... It's quite surprising to think that the two big giant monsters are faces at this time, but... Oh, well, seemed to work. The crowd seemed to like it, so there you go. Uh, next, though, we've got one of the two major main events. It's the WWF title match between the Ultimate Warrior and Macho Man Randy Savage defending the title. Uh... Interested to note how you had a heel versus heel match earlier with Sean and the model Rick Martell, but the two major main events of this show are actually face versus face, which might have actually been one of the reasons why they did the heel versus heel to kind of balance that out a little bit earlier on. But yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, this match is excellent. It has this big match feel to it. It does. Because uh, even when you've got these two massive, colourful, charismatic, larger-than-life characters, so even before the bell rings, with the entrances and everything, you just know you have this huge match feel. And the match is, is really good. It's really well done. It never scales the heights of the WrestleMania 7 match they had, which was a career-versus-career match, which in many ways was actually bigger stakes as well than the title, if you could, even bigger than the title, because careers were on the line. Although, to be fair, Macho came back after this, so it wasn't really, but there you go. But yeah, it's wrestling. But um, yeah, the match itself is really good. Even if it doesn't scale those heights, it's, it's enjoyable to watch. There's a lot of good stuff in it. Um, of course, as well, WrestleMania 7 had the, the, end, the bit at the end when Macho got back with Elizabeth. So ah, there you go. There you go. That's a WrestleMania moment, a proper WrestleMania moment, not the shit you get nowadays for most moments. But there you go. Uh, but there you have it. But this was this match is actually entertaining. The whole build up, I believe, I, I didn't really, I, I vaguely remember I'd seen this match, but I couldn't remember what the build up was. The whole thing, like Mister Perfect and Ric Flair were teasing that they'd made a deal with one of them to to turncoat and sell out, and they came to ringside and 
started to interfere in the match uh, eventually <laughs> like distractions and things uh, at one point uh, I think it's Flair hits Warrior with a chair and at another point Macho gets out there and ends up getting counted out so he keeps the title by a count out it's a bit of a swirly finish but at the end of the day the match itself is entertaining but it keeps the faces happy and then they do their little oh look the faces are all friends at the end so ah oh, that's nice apparently I'd seen in the build up they were teasing this dissension between well, like teasing one of them was turning on the other but apparently Flair and Perfect beat them both down before SummerSlam which kinda was a bit stupid but you're like okay why did they beat them up If why didn't you just have it that they don't touch anyone so you go to the show and they, you don't know what they're going to do that's kinda stupid but ah well bad writing's always been a trope in wrestling it looks like but still the match itself was uh, very enjoyable up next we have Crush versus the Repo Man. Um, uh, this was, yeah, just there to fill time. Genuinely, there was. You can tell it was there as a break, as a piss break. Uh, Crush wins in about five minutes. It's fine. The Repo Man was this kind of cheesy character. You, it fit at the time. If honestly, it was like this character with a stupid robber mask and things like that. He looks a bit like the Hamburglar before the Rock started calling the Hurricane the Hamburglar, but still. Eh, match is fine, it's is what it is. It, who cares? It genuinely is one of those who who cares ones. I'm I'm sure Bruce Pritchard loved the repo man. It's the type of thing he'd love and would probably put in today's wrestling. So there you go. Don't be surprised if he'd put a, a character like that on SmackDown or Raw nowadays. Uh, here we go. Um, up next, Undertaker versus Kamala. Uh, the best thing about this is the Undertaker's entrance. Uh, the second cool entrance of the night when he comes out in the... It looks like a British-type style horses getting drawn in. So that was cool. That was a nice moment. This match actually isn't too bad, to be honest. The Kamala character was lame, let's be real. It was fucking stupid. And there's a moment where the Undertaker tries to walk the ropes and when he fall when he falls off it, it does look like quite a bad fall he takes but there you go um it's, it's not too bad for what it is it's not too long undertaker wins by disqualification uh, i believe this eventually led to undertaker and kamala at survivor series this year in a coffin match they, they call it a coffin match rather than a casket match so there you have it so it continued the feud uh, kamala gave him a beat down whatever it is what it is whatever, the entrance was the best part of it, let's be real but uh, I remember Kamala was in that gimmick battle royal at Wrestlemania 17 and there was a a moment when he's in William Regal's office, standing on the t- <laughs> standing on the desk and William Regal comes in and says, get down you bloody hooligan uh, that was more entertaining than this but still there you have it, so here we come to the, what became the main event, it's the British Bulldog against Brett the Hitman Hart for the Intercontinental title and perfect to main event this show really is because it has the emotional story you had the they were telling the story of Diana Smith didn't know whose side she was on was she on her husband's side was she on her brother's side uh, one of the things they do brilliantly during this match is they cut back to her quite a lot and they even put her reactions sometimes in the corner of the screen so you can see what she's going on that's soap opera wrestling done brilliantly because it is you can see it, you can actually tell the drama and she actually sells it incredibly well with her facial expressions during it and it makes the match even better and you and what you've got here is the match itself is really good, it's excellent but I know people will go on because of the work rate it's actually not because there's actually quite a lot of rest holds in it though, there are and there's slow patches in the match but the match itself 
But the whole thing comes together because of the storyline, because, and of course, the work rate is good if you're into that, because it's Brett and the Bulldog, they're both great wrestlers. But you put it in with the storyline that makes it all the more dramatic, and it was so well done. Of course, you've got the raucous crowd. See, this is when wrestling crowds were normal people and not complete, absolute tools with stupid, moronic, droning chants every two seconds. This was a crowd really into the storyline, really into the into the wrestlers, just making it so much. They actually really helped make this match. They they were great, phenomenal, and and then the bulldog wins because in fact there's a moment where a false finish really works because bulldog does the power slam on which is his finisher on Brett and Brett kicks out. Keep in mind, people weren't kicking out of finishers left, right, and centre at this point at these days the way they do now. So that actually is a false finish that works. But you have the, the moment the, uh, he does a reversal and Bulldog pins him clean. Bulldog wins the Intercontinental title. And at the end, Diana gets in and they, they all hug in the end. And that's nice. And the fireworks go off. So perfect. Ma- this was the perfect match to main event with. Because when you look at it, the WWF title match had a, had a swirly finish as well. So do you really want to finish the show that way? Possibly not. But you get the clean finish here. You get the new champion. Of course, it's in Bulldog's home country as well, which would have been, which makes it all the more perfect for our main event. And uh, it's an excellent match. And in many ways, you could see as one of the biggest intercontinental title matches of all time. In many ways, if if somebody said that is the biggest intercontinental title match of all time, you wouldn't get a whole lot of argument from me because I genuinely can't think of an intercontinental title match that ever main evented a main four pay per view. The closest I can think to this is uh, Triple H and Rock from SummerSlam 1998, which was the semi-main, but it was a huge match. And to be fair, I actually prefer that match. But, you know, this one, if people said this is the biggest, I, I, I couldn't, you won't get much argument from me about this. It's one that's remembered and for all the right reasons, all the right reasons. So overall, this ties in as well. I was just going to to wrap up um so it's the only big four pay-per-view or the only really main pay-per-view that's ever took place from the UK people always speculate what if you did a Wrestlemania from London or whatever, come back for SummerSlam or whatever the one thing I would say about that is um, I actually think if you were going to do a pay-per-view a big four pay-per-view from the UK again, Survivor Series would actually be the ideal time because they usually tour the UK in either April or May and November, usually, this year probably won't, won't be happening because of, well, we all know why. But if you tied that in, because they usually do as well, TV tapings from the UK in November, like a Smackdown or a Raw. If you did it at Survivor Series time, you could have the Survivor Series on the Sunday and then do the Raw on the Monday and then whenever they, they can tape the Smackdown or whatever. So there you have it. Survivor Series would actually be the ideal one to do it now. You might not be able to do it open air because you'll be going into winter, but you maybe not at Wembley. But if you did it at the O2, or dare I say, even the Hydro at Glasgow, which holds thirteen thousand, if you did it there, you, you'd you'd certainly sell out the Hydro. I'm certain of that. We'll have people coming around from all the UK for that. Uh, I'm not sure what the hotel holds. It might be something like twenty odd thousand. With wrestling being less popular, you might be less likely to sell it out, but. <coughs> You know, maybe you would, I don't know, as a one-off. 
uh, it might give Survivor Series a bit of a boost because th- this is almost, Survivor Series is almost becoming the red-headed champs stepchild of the big four pay-per-views. So if you maybe put it in the UK, you could boost it a little bit. But unfortunately, the only problem I could think of that is with the likes of places like Wrestle Talk and Walk Culture and things like that, the UK is unfortunately a hit. <laughs> There's a lot of smarts in the UK. Uh, it's a very smarky wrestling market, unfortunately. I think as well, Impact is on free TV on the UK as well. So Impact is a very smarky company as well at the moment. So it's a lot of people, if they don't have to pay to watch WWE and BT Sports, Impact might be their thing. So yeah, there you go. It could You could get one hell of a smarky crowd in this Whereas if you look at this crowd, this crowd was like normal people just having fun and enjoying themselves and really getting into the show and actually not only getting into the show, but helping to make it, especially in the case of the main event. But there you go. There's some thoughts on SummerSlam 1992. It was fun going back to revisit this. I couldn't remember a lot of what happened. I remember most of um, the the Bulldog and Brett stuff, but the rest I couldn't really remember an awful lot about, to be honest. But um, it was fun to revisit it. There was some garbage on it, but mostly good stuff. And the two big main events, the Intercontinental title and the WWF title matches, definitely more than made up for it. If it's a, You could argue it's a two-match show, but that's not too bad. If you were to see anything from this, I would advise watch the two big main events. The rest, it's fine, but it's skippable. But there you go. So this is the start of the SummerSlam review series. Coming up next, I'll be looking at one of my favourites from when I was a kid, SummerSlam 1996. So thanks very much for listening. Goodbye.